thanks for the welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Do you think I'm his favourite preacher? Really? Come on, maybe. It's good to see you all this morning. Um, I'm just going to kick off with prayer. I know we've already prayed a lot, but prayer is so powerful. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it does not return void. We pray for soft hearts, for open hearts. We pray for uh, just that you'd open up our spiritual eyes and ears, Lord God, and, um, and that your word would land, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Fantastic. Just before I kick off, we have um, 10 days of prayer and fasting and we're starting this Thursday. And uh, so I'm going to send an email um, in the next few days. And if you're not sure what fasting is all about, I'm going to have it there in the email. We're going to have some fasting tips and we're going to have prayer points for each day. So basically, we're going to be um, praying and fasting as we head into uh, the Christmas period, praying for salvations, praying for families, praying for our community, um, just just a lot of prayer points basically so that is happening kicking off on Thursday the 16th of November for 10 days straight that doesn't mean you don't have to you don't eat anything for the whole 10 days you know you can fast a meal uh, and uh, I don't know what Pastor Shin's saying but he's saying yes it does mean that <laughs> uh, you can fast a meal one meal per day um, if you want to fast everything the whole 10 days just see your doctor beforehand uh, but anyway praise Jesus we had our women's breakfast yesterday morning yeah we had an incredible time gathering. Thank you to Pastor Bucky for organising. We had a quiz. None of us knew the answers or some of us knew the answers to the questions. Uh, and who won? Daisy won. Daisy won. She's serving over at Kidsmen. Um, and it was just a beautiful time gathering. Uh, so if you missed out, don't worry. When we hold one next year, make sure you get along. Praise Jesus. We're kicking off a series called On Mission, a series on evangelism and uh, Pastor Buckia laid an excellent foundation last uh, week and so she was teaching us what evangelism is, uh, the process of it and how God uses us in the process and so it's so important that we understand that evangelism is for everyone evangelism is for everyone you know yes there's a gift of evangelism which some have but really their job is to teach to equip and to mobilize every single believer in how to evangelize that is why we have the gift of evangelism in the body of Christ not so that they just go out and evangelize it's so that they can teach us how to evangelize it's so important that we understand that because you know sometimes we're quick to disqualify ourselves you know sometimes we're quick to uh, say no hang on a minute I'm exempt from that because I don't have that gift but we are all called to evangelize the day that you gave your heart to Jesus Christ you got given a new assignment you got given a new assignment uh, and that is the great commission the great commission we find it in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 to 20 it says this then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age I love that last part of the scripture it just brings me comfort that he is with us and so that is our mission that is our mission for every single believer should be on mission with this, that we carry the message of reconciliation. We all carry our salvation story. If you're a believer, if you're not, we can give you an opportunity at the end of the service to step into that. But if you are, then you carry your salvation story. We all are called to share the gospel. 
And as we heard last week, uh, Pastor Bucky just so beautifully unpacked it with her slides and, and it was amazing. It, it just penetrates. But she, she gave us uh, what evangelism means from the Greek word. It is to announce, declare, preach, bring, communicating the gospel, our salvation. That's what evangelism means. Uh, I was listening to a conversation, <laughs> sounds like I was eavesdropping, but they were right in front of me, <laughs> in, in, uh, in our household this week uh, between mum and Jacob. I was there, but just listening because them two chat, chat, chat. And, uh, and mum's yet to realise that anything, now that she's moved in with us, anything she says or does can be used in a sermon. Uh, and so uh, as they were chatting, uh, and uh, it's great, now I have more sermon material, you know, just to add with the kids and everything. Every, but anyway, they were talking and mum was dealing... Uh, I have her permission, by the way. Mum was dealing with uh, an issue and, and, and she was saying, like, the only thing I can do now is pray. And I heard Jacob say, you know, it's not the only thing. He said, it's actually the best thing that you can do. It's better than anything else you can possibly do is to pray. Not the only thing, but literally the best thing. And you know when it comes to people's souls, when, uh, you know, it couldn't be more true. It could not be more true because it's a spiritual war, a spiritual tug of war that we are engaged in when it comes to people's souls. That's why prayer is such a big part of evangelism. It has to be. Uh, you know, we have the kingdom of darkness, we have the kingdom of light and there's this fight going on. We know Jesus has the victory but there's still this fight that's going on in the spiritual realm of who's in whose camp. And sometimes we have our foot in both camps. But anyway, that's a separate sermon. And, but God has given us the authority as believers to pray and make a difference in the lives of many. We have been given that authority to pray and make a difference, which is why we have prayer meetings. It's why we have pre-service prayer uh, on a Sunday morning. It's why we gather fortnightly, monthly and have our prayer meetings. It's why we've got 10 days of prayer and fasting coming up. It's why we encourage people to pray in their quiet time go on prayer walks, spend time with God, etc. Because prayer is the most powerful weapon you have. It is the most powerful weapon and the Word of God. My Bible is there, right there somewhere. Uh, the power, I like to have it with me when I preach, but it's the most powerful weapon that you have. It's why we have our soul focus box here. We've had this for years where we've put names on cards and you're going to get an opportunity at the end of the service where in here is people we're believing for their salvation. You know, co-workers, spouses, friends, family members, etc. Where we pray over this, this soul focus, a box that we add to it. It's why we do that. You know, at the start of the year, we released um, a word over our church um, and that was that this year was a year of expectation. And the scripture that I believed that I shared at the time in February that I believed that God had highlighted uh, for our church is actually scripture that I keep in the notes section of my phone at the top of my to-do list. You know, you can have your to-do list, but it's good to have scriptures <laughs> just to remind you why you do what you do. Uh, so this, this scripture has been at the top of my to-do list in my phone for about five years. And, uh, but I really believe God highlighted it for us as a church this year. And it's in Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 4, and it says this, Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. 
you're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. The other translation, another translation in the NIV says this, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes for you'll spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities, do not be afraid, you will not be put to shame. Incredible piece of scripture. I saw it on socials this week social media that is and uh and and they had the person that put it up had highlighted uh three words and the words that they had highlighted were stretch lengthen and strengthen stretch lengthen and strengthen and as i was thinking about these highlighted words i realized they're all growth words aren't they they all require us to do something all growth to stretch, to to grow, to lengthen, to strengthen. And, you know, a lot of the times with evangelism, aside from prayer, it's all about stepping out. It's all about being bold. It's all about being courageous. It's all about stretching and lengthening and strengthening. You know, it's about getting over ourselves, increasing our capacity, allowing God to do a work in us and through us. But the problem with that is, and I hope I'm not just speaking about me, is that we really, 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 really love our comfort zones. Don't we? We really love our safe little places where we're in control. It isn't pleasant to stretch. It isn't pleasant to strengthen. It isn't pleasant to lengthen. You know when you do weights in the gym? I don't. I haven't been lately. I used to, but I hear Jacob and it's like, you know, it's like the, it's hard to build your muscles like it's sweat and effort and it's painful when you strengthen your muscles. To strengthen, it takes hard work. When you stretch something, it's straining to stretch, isn't it? You know, you think about a lackey band. It's, you know, just don't stretch it so much that it'll snap, right? (laughs) When you lengthen something, You're taking it past its original points, aren't you, when you're lengthening something? But if God has us on mission, if he has given us a new assignment, if he has mandated every single believer to the Great Commission, if we as a church are going to fulfill this scripture in Isaiah, then we have to move out of our comfort zone so we can strengthen and lengthen and stretch. Did I get those words right? And a lot of the times when to move out of our comfort zones, we need to deal with fear. And I want to put up a slide here that we have. There it is. You've got your comfort zone and you have your fear zone and then you move into your learning zone and into your growth zone. But out of the comfort zone, we have to deal with fear because we have to push past the fear zone. And I want to deal with fear for a moment because I really believe as individuals and as a church, it can really hold us back and we need to break through church. We have to break through this fear zone. And so it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And you know what's interesting tonight? Sometimes we stop there. But do you know what the very next verse says in verse 8? It says, so you must never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. Jacob was talking about in context. If it's not in context, then it's just, this is in context. It's talking about evangelism. Paul the Apostle, who was Timothy's mentor, was saying this to Timothy in direct relation to sharing the gospel, to evangelizing. Timothy was experiencing great opposition at that time, and it was mainly because he was young. You know, youth, young people, it doesn't matter how young you are. And Paul was encouraging him to be bold, reminding him that he has not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind, reminding him to not be ashamed of telling others about the Lord, reminding him to not be intimidated. How many times are we intimidated where we shrink back to stand in who he is, to stand in who he is and to stand in God's truth? And, you know, we all have different reasons. You know, it might not be, uh, mine isn't because I'm young. I don't have the same excuses, Timothy. Maybe compared to some of you, maybe I might. I don't know. (laughs) But we all have our different excuses. We do. For some, it's the fear of rejection or embarrassment. For some, it's fearing what people will think or say. For some, it's perfectionism. You know, it's fearing not getting it right. What if I don't have all the answers? What if, I don't, what if I don't know how to articulate it or communicate? What if they mock me? What if they laugh at me? But the truth is, is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And if we're shrinking back from sharing the gospel, if it's related to anything to do with fear, then it's not of God. It's not of God. Because you just read, we just read, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. When we allow people to intimidate us, we lose our effectiveness in God. We lose it. And the devil keeps us bound. And do you know what? That's exactly where the devil wants us. And the devil keeps us quiet. And do you know what? That's exactly where the devil wants us. Exactly. Ineffective for God's kingdom. And that is through fear and intimidation. And it's time that God's people rose up and stopped being intimidated by this world. And preach God's truth, share God's truth, be who we are, children of God. Amen. On mission for Jesus, being who we are and doing what we are called to do, carrying the message of reconciliation. What an awesome responsibility to carry the message of reconciliation. You've got God here and the person here and you carry the person in the middle, you carry the message of reconciliation, where you get to reconcile them to God through you because of Jesus Christ. What an awesome privilege and responsibility. And you might think, well, I think we're just called to love people. That's all I think we're called to do. Well, sharing the good news is loving people. Sharing the good news is loving people. Having the answer to eternal death and sharing that is loving people. I mean, you can't get more loving if you got the answer to eternal death and sharing that answer, that is loving people. Jude 1.23 says, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. When we share the gospel, that's exactly what we're doing. We're literally rescuing people. So we should never take evangelism lightly. We should never take sharing the good news lightly. 
It's, it's an honour, it's a responsibility, it's a matter of life or death. Well, that's dramatic. Well, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> it's a matter of life or death. And you might say, well, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to go about it. But if we read in 2 Timothy in the exact same paragraph, after Paul tells Timothy that you have not been given a spirit of fear but a power, love and a sound mind, and after he tells them to not be ashamed of telling others about the Lord, he actually gives a brief summary just in one paragraph of the good news. And it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 to 10, it says this, It is God who saved us and chose us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began, to show us his love and kindness through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the coming of Christ Jesus, our Saviour, who broke the power of death and showed us the way to everlasting life through the good news. That's it. That's the gospel in a nutshell. Literally, in one paragraph, you can put it into your own words. God loves you. God chose you. God sent his son to die for you. You can have eternal uh, life through faith in him because he broke the power of sin and death because of his resurrection. resurrection. Now, none of us deserve it. None of us deserve it. But he offers it to you. And all you have to do is choose to accept the offer and believe. It's the gospel in a nutshell. It's the gospel in a nutshell and the good news we must share every single one of us where we push past intimidation, push past fears and we step out of our comfort zone, past the fear zone and into the learning zone. If we see the zones here, if you don't know how, in the learning zone zone you acquire, if we have the slide up here, we acquire a new skill set. We acquire a new skill set. See there, acquire new skill sets. If we don't know how, we've got to learn. Yeah. <laughs> we've got to le- we extend our comfort zone and we deal with challenges and problems as they come up. We don't figure them all out before we leave the fear zone. As we go, as we go, as we're in the learning zone, we deal with those challenges and those situations that come up and we grow and we, and we get better and we experience and then you're on fire. See you later. You zip past. Rescuing people from eternal death. What an awesome responsibility and awesome res- to stretch, to strengthen, to lengthen. And you know what we do? We aim for the growth zone. Look at the growth zone. That's what we're aiming for. Find purpose, live dreams, set new goals, conquer objectives. Now, the good news is this, apart from the good news, there's more good news, that, that, that God, in his incredible kindness, just didn't leave us to our own devices. He didn't say, here's the Great Commission, off you go, see you later, you're by yourself now. In the Great Commission, we read that he'll always be with us to the very end of age. How is Jesus with us? He's with us through the Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, don't go anywhere, don't leave this city, don't start your mission, don't do anything until you receive the gift that I have promised you, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not until you receive that gift because when you get that gift, you'll have everything you need, everything you need to fulfill the Great Commission. But don't go anywhere until you get that gift because you need that power from on high. So the point is, is we can't do it in our own strength. If you're like, I can't do it, you're right, you can't. You need the Holy Spirit. 
because it's the Holy Spirit who leads and who speaks through you, who, who highlights people, who gives you the words to say. Yes, we've got stuff to do to push past fear and, and, and get the gospel in a nutshell where you can communicate it. That's your part. But then the Holy Spirit moves and works through you. You're not on your own. And the Holy Spirit will help you overcome fear and intimidation. You know intimidation is a tool from the devil? To be intimidated by other people, this world, things, people, whoever. It's the devil. Fear and intimidation. And it, so the Holy Spirit helps you overcome that. And you begin to rise, again, rise above opposition, rejection, pushback, whatever it may be. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us courage, power, the right words, strength, everything we need, boldness. It was the Holy Spirit that gave the disciples everything that they needed. Boldness, courage, the right words. You know, we read about it through the book of Acts. You know, Peter, he, he, he after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he, he was able to share the gospel powerfully. But it wasn't long before that he was denying Jesus to a servant girl. He was denying Jesus to a servant girl. He was ashamed. He was scared. He was fe fearful. But then he got filled with the Holy Spirit and he was able to boldly declare Jesus. Acts 4.13, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They were just everyday people like you and me. Everyday people like you and me. But the Holy Spirit gave them everything that they needed. They relied on the Holy Spirit. They trusted Jesus when he said to them, you will need this gift and I will be with you to the end of the age. And you know, Jesus couldn't have made it any more easier for us. I mean, he's literally, you know when you set people up for success? He's literally set us up for success there's not anything else that he can do like he has given us everything to fulfill this command he has given us that's a good parent a good brother you know when you when you want your child to do something can you give them you don't do it for them but you give them the tools that they need to accomplish it and so that's what he's done in fact he said in Matthew 9:37, he said this the harvest is great but the workers are few and so the people are ready. The harvest is ripe is another translation. The harvest is abundant is another translation. The harvest is plentiful is another translation. And sometimes I feel, uh, and I've done this as well, it's just, well, they're just not ready. The people aren't ready. But they're just, that's just an excuse because that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says the people are ready. The people are ready. The harvest is ripe. You know, humanity loves to shift blame. We love to kind of, you know, shake off a bit of responsibility and put it elsewhere. But that's not what the Bible says. It's the lack of workers that is the problem. The lack of workers that is the problem. You know the Taylor Swift song? Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I won't sing it. The Bible says we don't have enough people sharing the gospel. We need more. We need more. Let's read it again. I don't feel like you guys have got that. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. 
And then he goes on to say this in verse Matthew 9, verse 8. So pray to the Lord who was in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. That's me and you. We're those workers. And the question is this morning, and the team can come, the question is this morning is will you respond to the call? Will you respond to the call? Will you answer the call? Will you move out of your comfort zone, past the fear zone, into the learning zone and beyond? Because that's what God's calling us to. And he's given you the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, if not, we'll give you an opportunity just shortly. He's given everything that you need to fulfill the Great Commission. So it's on you, it's on me. Will I answer that? Will I accept this assignment? Will I accept the responsibility? Will I say yes to learning how to evangelise? God, teach me. Will I say yes to being available? Will I say yes to being filled by the Holy Spirit? If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, will you continue to resist? Or will you say yes? It's what your word says. I say yes. Will you say yes to carrying the message of reconciliation? Because I tell you what, church, the world needs this message. The world needs the peace of God, the love of God. It's the answer to their problems, to everything they're going through. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And maybe you've said yes in the past, but will you say yes again? Will you say yes again? Maybe you've experienced disappointment, hurt, disillusionment, whatever it may be, you're tired. But if you're still living and breathing, if you're still living and breathing, then he has a purpose and an assignment for you. And youth, it doesn't matter how young you are, you need to be doing this in your high schools amongst your friends, ministering and sharing the gospel and to not be ashamed. That's what God's called you to. It's what God's called called us to because the harvest is great, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is abundant. And today what I, wanted to, what I want us to do is I want us to just let go of fear, just to let it go. I want us to let go of I don't know how. It's not me. That's for the next person or the person with the gift of evangelism. No, it's you. It's me. I want us to let go of the fear of rejection and just know who we are in God and walk with our heads held high. I want us to let go of fear of of what others think, what others might say. Will they mock me? Will they laugh at me? You know, Moses had all of his excuses and God eliminated every single one of them. That we would shrink back no more. That we would push past the fear zone. That we as individuals, not only as individuals, but as a church together, that we would move forward together that we would step up our prayer life, that we'd all commit to stepping it up a notch with our prayer, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's your quiet time. Maybe it's starting to come to prayer meetings. Maybe it's getting to church at 9.30. You know church starts at 9.30, not at 10 a.m.? Maybe God's laying people upon your heart 
people that you're busy worrying about and he wants you to get busy praying about. Maybe it's that. That we would make prayer a priority. That would remember our soul focus box and begin to pray. That would all take the responsibility, not just the people on the prayer network, but all of us begin to pray for our soul focus box. That we would have the heart of Jesus. Amen. Just close your eyes and I'm just going to pray. God, I just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you've called each and every one of us, Father God. And today we say yes. We choose you and we accept the assignment. We answer the call, the Great Commission. We just break fear right now in the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit of fear, intimidation. We thank you that you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. And we choose to speak that out. We choose to walk in that. We choose to push past any other feelings related to fear. And we be filled with boldness and courage and everything that you have for us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we just break those chains, those shackles this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just while every head's bowed, I just want to give, if there's anybody in the house that has actually never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus, if you're here and, and you've not done that, you're like, I'm, I'm not even, I was talking about an assignment, but I, you haven't even started a relationship, you haven't stepped into a personal relationship, you haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life. If that is you this morning, we're just going to pray a prayer and it's a simple prayer. And we're going to pray it all together as a church. And if you want to join us, you can speak it out and just mean it with all your heart. If you follow after me, church, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. That you broke the power of sin and death through your resurrection. I ask that you forgive my sins. Wash me clean. Today I choose to live for you and accept the assignment that you've given me. In Jesus' name. Just with every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you're online or in the building, if you're in the building, if you can just raise your hand up in the air just so I can see it. We've got some resources for you I'd love to pray for you and if you're online if you'd like to just pop it in the comments and we'll reach out to you just a few more moments if you prayed that prayer for the very first time if you just pop your hand up in the air just so I can see it thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Father God what we're going to do now church amen what we're going to do now is on your seats you have these little cards and all of us are believing for someone to come to know Jesus and what we want to do now is if you would fill out you can fill out more than one name if you like but if you'd like to fill this card out that's on your seat and the team are going to sing a song and as you fill it out if you need a pen you can just pop your hand up in the air and our ushers will come round with a pen and, um, and just in your own time, once you've filled out the card, um, 
we're going to pray over it actually and then we will come and place it into the box here. Thank you, Jesus. So if you just got your pens there and we're just going to sing a song just as we're doing that. Thank you, Lord. Save on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me, my Jesus set me free. Look at the wounds which gave me life, grace flowing from his side, no greater sacrifice, what he's done. What he's done, all the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven, my future is heaven. I praise God for what he's done. For the freedom he has won. Even death is dead and done. His life is overcome. Speak, say the name above all names, over every broken place. He is risen from the grave. What he's done, what he's done. Oh, the glory and the my sins are forgiven my future is heaven I praise God for what he's done Jesus thank you Lord we just hold these cards and we're just going to pray for who you've written down on these cards and we're going to be praying for this as well and actually I might ask um, Pastor Jacob to come up and and pray if he doesn't mind. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you that these names of these people that are so precious to us, Lord God, Lord, that you love them even more than we do, that you want to see them come into relationship with you even more than we do. Lord, we just lift it and we commit to doing what we, our part that we can do, but we know there's only parts that you can do. So, Lord, we commit to doing our part and trust you to do your part, God. We ask that these, the family members, the friends, the colleagues that are in on these cards, Lord, we pray that they would encounter you in a very real way. Lord, that you would penetrate their hearts lord that they would find the love and the hope that we found and they would enter into eternal life god we do we commit to do what we can do and we trust you to do what only you can do god in jesus name amen